we discovered that the kingdom of God is a culture of worship. As we've been studying since January 1 about living the kingdom 24-7 and what that looks like and what that should mean in your life personally. And we're going to take this little window of time last week, this week, next week, and then the last Sunday of the month talking about the culture of worship. And the culture of worship inside the kingdom of God is animated and revealed because each of those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior build a culture of worship in their own personal life. You got to hear that again. The worship culture in the kingdom of God is realized and animated because each one who is born again cultivates a culture of worship in their own personal life. Amen. See, it's, it's not worship just because you come here on Sunday morning and you worship. God wants to know, so, so what do you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Oh, well, I worship on Sunday. Oh. Only on Sunday. Well, yeah, isn't that when you do it, on Sunday? No, no, no. You should be doing it every single day in your life that there's a personal culture of worship. And then I hear people say this, well, brother, I worship God in my own way. Guys love to say that. I get out in the mountains and I worship God out in nature. I look at them and I go, no, you're not. You're looking for antlers. That's what you're doing. You're not there worshiping. You're looking for horns and the meat attached to those horns. Come on. Or you're looking for a trout. I worship God in my own way. But it's interesting because Almighty God said, you don't, you don't get to worship in your own way. You worship the way I taught you. Did, did you catch that psalm that was, that was this morning? I love that. Thank you, Pastor Darcy, for reading that. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with soft, gentle cymbals. Uh-uh. What do you mean, uh-uh? uh-uh. Oh, that's right. It does say loud cymbals, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Say it. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, give Him praise. Hallelujah. So here's my question. Are you breathing? Recent survey done by UPI 
65% of all Americans breathe on a regular basis. No. Well, that's as accurate as the other polls. They do. Oh, never mind. <laughs> when we, when we, when we, are you breathing? Yes. Then you ought to be praising. Yes. Then you ought to be developing a culture of worship in your own personal heart and life. Uh, the psalm just before that one said it this way. It said, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Now someone goes, see there, we're supposed to only praise in church. Hang on. Just hang on right there. Just hang on. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. That's not in church. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, a two-edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance on nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. That culture of worship in your life personally is cultivated as you think about the greatness of Almighty God. You acknowledge His greatness. God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. That means God is all-powerful. God is everywhere at the same time. And God knows everything, the end from the beginning. But also the scripture says God is love. That's his nature and character. Also says God is immutable. His nature and character that he never changes. See, you begin thinking about, about his, God's nature. What is God like? And, and it just catches your breath. But then we read things like God is just. God is merciful. God is righteous. God is holy, God is gentle, God is kind, God is joyful. You begin thinking about his character. I mean, what's not to like? But people get folks, oh, well, you know, he's wrathful. God's a wrathful God. Do you, do you know that God is a wrathful God only when someone is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to humble before him? But to those who will humble before him, to those who will acknowledge him, to those who will be just and kind, God's, he's, he is not a wrathful God. People, nations experience his wrath only because they have ran through his love and grace, 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 and they just continue doing that, leaving God no option but to bring his judgment. 
But dear ones, listen, that is not God's first desire. That's why scripture says God is long-suffering. He's not willing and he should perish because he is a good God. He is a good God. Oh, man. And worship not only flows out of just our acknowledgement and being overwhelmed with his nature and his character, but with his mighty acts. Think about the amazing things God has done. Right? And you just go, that is crazy good. And then you're so thankful for his redemptive work, aren't you? God's redemptive work. What do you mean by that? That, that? that he himself, because the wages of sin is death, he himself took that penalty upon himself, took your sin upon himself, paid the penalty for your sin so you wouldn't have to, so that you could be forgiven of sin and made a whole new creation and, and, and be transformed from a sinner to a saint. I mean, God's redemptive work. And you just think about that. That just takes your breath away. Pastor Dave and I, just this last week, we had a day, he and I were just talking about how we got to salvation. It's crazy. I, I do not understand how, how God could reach down into an alcoholic home and, and, and get past my sisters who were a far better person than me. I, I was angry. I was bitter. I was violent. I... Nobody in this room would have wanted me for your friend. And God reached down into that alcoholic home and plucked me out and saved me first. And then my whole family came to salvation. I don't get that. In fact, I've had the privilege of meeting 19 members of my family to salvation. Our personal worship flows out of you personally, daily, taking time to just reflect on the character and nature of our God rehearsing the mighty things he's done, not only historically, but in your own life. And then truly just thanking him for his redemptive work in your life. And do you know, every kingdom has an enemy. <clears throat> every kingdom has another kingdom that hates that kingdom, that hates its culture, that's jealous for that kingdom that covets that kingdom and wants to overthrow that kingdom and bring those people under their dominion. And God's kingdom has an enemy. An enemy that goes back to before creation. At some time in eternity past, he was a stubborn, rebellious archangel that rebelled against God because he wanted to be God. He wanted to be worshipped as God. And he led a third of the angels in rebellion against God and was thrown out of heaven. And his dominion was in the region of planet earth. And he's the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of the darkness of this world. And he hates God. He hates the kingdom of God. And he hates the saints of God. And he hates you. And he wants to destroy you. But the good news is, is God has given to us mighty weapons to overthrow the kingdom of darkness. Lucifer, Satan, the devil, the serpent, the dragon, whatever term you think of him, 
It's referring to him and the demonic forces behind him. But Jesus has given to us mighty weapons. In Matthew chapter 16, 18 and 19, he said, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I give to you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Another set of mighty weapons he gave to us. In John 14, 13 and 14, he said, If you ask anything in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mark chapter 16, 15 to 18, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. In my name you shall cast out devils, you shall speak with new tongues, you shall take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have the keys, we have the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But then in Ephesians chapter 10, verses 10, or chapter 10, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, he gave to us the whole armor of God. Having done, having, having stood, having done all to stand, stand, clothed with the whole armor of God. Okay, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the preparation, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and praise and worship in our mouth. And so what do we do? We clothe ourselves in that whole armor. Now, in, in coming weeks... I'm going to take the time and I'm going to go through each one of these mighty weapons that God has given to us. So we can learn how to use them effectively and powerfully in our life personally. But I think the mightiest weapon that God has given to us is probably the most overlooked weapon in our life personally. And that is the weapon of worship. In In Psalm 8, verses 1 and 2, and Jesus quoted this passage of Scripture to us. Listen to how it says. Would you read it out loud with me, please? Starting right here. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who gave, set your... I'm sorry, your pastor can't read. And so... I got... Can we, can we start again right here? Who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Wow. Wow. And, and do you remember in, in Psalm 149 a few moments ago, he, he said, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. That's the word of God, amen? Sword of the Spirit. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment, this honor, have all his saints praise the Lord. Worship is your most powerful weapon that you have with you all the time. And I want us to look this morning at the nine Hebrew words for worship to see how God has placed these mighty weapons in our life and how we can effectively use them. 
nine Hebrew words. The first Hebrew word for worship is halal. Halal. Say it with me, will you please? This is the, this is the Hebrew definition of halal. Clear, bright, brilliant, to praise, to celebrate, to be vigorously excited, to, base, uh, to boast, to rave. Halal. The, the clearest way in our culture that we can understand halal is the guys are watching their favorite football team or their favorite NBA team and they win the championship. They win the Super Bowl. They win the NBA championship and they don't sit there and go, that's so good. No, they don't. They're jumping up. They're bumping chest. They're high-fiving. They're bumping knuckles. They're screaming. Come on, right? Come on. Come on. Hello. Now, this is how ladies do it. A teenage girl got that date. And mom's sitting up waiting for her. She comes in at one minute before midnight, just on time. Mom's there sitting with a lamp on. She opens the door. She walks in. She shuts the door. And she leans against it and goes, oh. Mom, did you have a great time? Oh. Good, huh? He's wonderful. Come on. See? The guys, they're bumping chests because of their team. The women, they're going... Uh, right? Hello. You get it? You get the picture, don't you? Hello. The next is, is yada. The Hebrew word yada, the root word is yad, which is for hand. So say with me the Hebrew definition of yada. Okay? Right? It's there somewhere. <laughs> say it with me. Cast, to throw, to show, to point, which my pointer's not pointing, with the hand. Okay? With the hand. To throw the hand. Over there. Don't you love it when you go, go into a store and you go, you know, I, I'm sorry, I've been looking, but I, I can't find, and they go, oh yeah, go down here. At, thank you. I love it when they go, may I show you? Thank you so much. Because I have men's eyes. I'm not going to find it. Okay, don't go there. Okay, sorry. Some guy just said, don't go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but listen, here's, in our culture, here's how we, we can see it. And I'm going to illustrate it out of my own family. When, when my boy was, was little, and thank God he doesn't do it now because I'd never hold him. But when he was little, I'd pull in. We had, we had a long dry, uh, a long carport on the back of our house that, that we could park all of our cars under. And I would pull in. And as I would pull in, the back door would come flying open. And out on the back porch would come these little pair of legs. And then, Dad! And he's airborne. I catch him. True. I, I was always, I, I, ever, I, I pull in, I go, I know he's coming, Lord, don't let me miss. You know? But can't, can't you see it? And, and, then, and then, listen, it gets super special 
when it's the grandkids. Grandpa! Oh, yeah. <laughs> only, only, only now, I've got one, 14 years old, he's six foot three. I go, Philip! <laughs> Watched any westerns lately? What's going on? Surrender, right? Surrender. Papa wants those times when you come running. Daddy. Remember, Scripture says in Romans chapter 8 and also in Galatians that his spirit in us cries, Daddy, Father. There needs to be those times when we're humbling ourselves before we say, Oh, Father, I surrender. What we were just singing. I surrender. I yield to you. Father, I need to do it again today. I need to yield to you. I can get so prideful. I can get so stubborn. God, I yield to you again. Come on. Come on. Amen? Yield again. Then here's the next one. I better hurry up or we'll be here till midnight. Toda. To give the sacrifice of praise. And, and this is often used in, in regards to choir singing anthems, but it's giving the sacrifice of praise. And the concept is this, that in my life, there are going to be times when my praise is going to be a sacrifice of praise because everything within me does not want to do that. Because I'm going through a hard place. I'm going through a difficult time. How can you praise God? Remember there's, there's a psalm that the children of Israel said, how, how can we sing here? And they took their worship instruments and hung them in the trees. And said, how can we worship God here? Well, God was wanting them to learn how to give todah. That those times in our life when we're going through a hardship, when there's a whole lot of pain, when there's adversity, when, when we're in that, and we're going, I will not let pain dictate my life. I will not let pain dictate my life. I will choose joy. Yeah, I'm hurting from head to toe. I'm, I'm aching. Yeah, this cancer is filling my body with pain. Yeah, I, I am hurting because I, I can't believe that, that my marriage partner just chose a younger version. I can't believe that they just walked out on me. I, I can't believe that my son and daughter have chosen to go that direction. I, my life is filled with pain right now. But Almighty God, I will not live the life of a victim. I will not live in pain. I choose joy. And God, out of, out of that choice, I give you todah. I will give you the sacrifice of praise. I'll rehearse your greatness. I'll rehearse how wonderful you are. I'll rejoice your goodness. God, I choose joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Todah. What a mighty weapon. Todah. Amen. Let's go to the next one. Shabbat. Shabbat. To soothe, to stroke, to boast, to pronounce happy, to address with a loud voice. 
We talked about it last week. I, I have been living all week in just the joy that Big Dave was the guy that started all that at the Promise Keepers in 1994. That just cracked me up. And I have lived in the joy of that all week long. But I've also, I, I could hear those men, 65,000 men, just shouting and just rocking the kingdom with praise and shouts to Jesus. You can't believe how good that is. But can I tell you, I went home last Sunday from here. Wanda had a meeting, so I had two hours just to myself. And I sat and I could just hear the praises resounding again. And my heart just celebrating and rejoicing of how awesome your shouts of praise to the living God is. Because he loves it. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, mighty God. Tell you, people that like church quiet are going to have trouble in heaven. (laughs) Because scripture says that the praising and the worship in heaven is like the sounding of thunder and like the crashing of mighty waves. And the ocean may be a lot of things. Quiet it is not. Here's the next one. Barak. And just simply it means to kneel. To kneel in his presence. A guy is absolutely overcome with love for this girl. And so he kneels before her and says, will you marry me? (laughs) But, But somehow, somehow, sir, that becomes an unmanly thing to kneel before Almighty God and say, Almighty God, you are my father and I love you. And I love you. But sir, I would hope that in your personal life, you would move past that. And you would learn how to kneel before your God and honor and reverence him. There are times in our life when the only thing that works is not shouting. It's not, it's not loudly proclaiming but it's just kneeling in his presence and just expressing, you know, God, I can be such a mess up, but I am so overwhelmed with your goodness and your love and that you never stop loving me and you never stop helping me learn how to be better and get better. And and we're going to see this in real clarity next week when we talk about the five love languages of, of, of the human tongue, whether you're Chinese, Hispanic, or American, we all have one of five love languages, and at some point, all of them work in our life. But there's a predominant love language in our life, and that's what speaks love to us. That's one of the reasons, by the way, couples sometimes have communication breakdown. And verse says, I don't think they love me anymore. And the reason is because their love tank's running on empty because that person's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. They don't get it. I, I tell them I love them all the time. Yeah, but you're saying it in Chinese and they speak German. That's 
<clears throat> and the crazy thing is, is they speak, I love you, I love you, live it back to that person in German, and they don't get it either. And so there's this crazy breakdown, right? In, 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 but it's also the same in worship. That's why it's important for a church family to have a variety of, of kinds of worship. Because every one of you sitting out there, you have a different love language. And the way that a person whose love language is touch, that has a completely different way of worship that's meaningful to them than the person whose, whose love language is service. And it's different completely again from that whose, whose love language is, is little gifts. They don't even, even have to be a whole lot of money. It's just their favorite candy bar, and they're just thrilled to death. They just filled their love tank with love, you know? Are, are you tracking with me? And see, and so learning. But do we express our worship to God out of those love languages also? And it's illustrated for us in Scripture. And we're going to look at that next week. We're going to look at five different people out of Scripture and how they worship the living God out of their love language and how you can bring meaningful, life-giving worship to, for yourself and for the church family out of your love language. Amen. Come on. Isn't God awesome? And so you have Barach, which is to kneel. And then this next one is awesome. Taka. Taka. Say it with me. It's working again for whatever reason. (laughs) To strike, to smite, to fix by striking, to drive a nail, to clap the hands. To clap the hands, to strike. This is illustrated for us in Scripture with the enemy king that ran into a Hebrew tent and the girl tricked the guy and while he was laying down, she drove a nail through his head and killed the enemy king. That Hebrew word for driving that nail in the head of the enemy king is the same Hebrew word for worshiping God by clapping the hands. Come on. You're going... Hey, I hear, I hear people going, cast through the enemy just, and he just, and I'm going, what are you doing letting the enemy beat up on you? If nothing else, stand there toe-to-toe with him and punch him right in the mouth. How do I do that? This way. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Don't let the enemy beat you up. Pound on him a while. He's been pounding on you. Make the, make the choice. Make the choice. Do it this way. Almighty God, you know what I'm feeling right now. And, and I'm frustrated. And, and I, I feel discouraged. And I, I, I'm just hearing all this condemnation in my head. And I know it's the enemy. And I'm saying right now, in your mighty name, Jesus, I'm saying to the enemy, you are defeated. Jesus Christ has punched you in the mouth. Jesus Christ has defeated you on the cross. And, and through the empty tomb, you are defeated. Hallelujah. I win. I win. I win. I win. Hallelujah. Come on. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. 
refuse to live in that condemnation. I get it. I get it. I got this morning. There was all this condemnation going on in my head. And I went, no, you're not dwelling there. Forget it. Okay? And, and I, I just began declaring the goodness of my God. And, and as, as, I, as, I just, as I just began to relax in that, I heard just this still small voice just say to me, faithfulness, you're faithful. You're faithful. It, it's just so awesome to hear Papa affirm your heart. But see, some of you are afraid to hear Papa affirm your heart. Because you see yourself as such a failure. You see yourself as never good enough. You see yourself in your Christian walk and you're always messing up and you're always messing up. Hey, listen. When you brought that little baby home from the hospital, you laid in the crib and you said, now, when you have to go to the bathroom, holler, we'll take you in. We don't, we don't mess in diapers and cribs in this house. Right? That's what you... Oh, that's not how it worked? You had, had changed diapers all the time, right? Of course, there did come that time when yeah. you started the whole potty training deal, right? But then that didn't happen overnight either, did it? Especially if it was a boy. Didn't happen overnight, okay? So it takes time. I, I get it. I get it. Guys are like that, you know? Cool thing is, is we, the cool thing is, as we grow up, we become men and we become mighty men of valor for the kingdom of Almighty God, and we defend our family and our brides. Amen. 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 But listen, you, you, you got you, you to silence that condemnation, and the only way you do that is by learning how to use your weapons of worship. Here's the next one. This is a really fun one. From Takah, we go to Makal. To twist, to leap, to dance, to twirl in a circle. And here's the interesting thing. The Hebrew word chagag, which is used for the festival of Passover, for the festival of unleavened bread, for the festival of of tents, for the festival of trumpets. You get it? All the Hebrew festivals, chagag. But Chagog carries that same meaning, to celebrate, to dance, to leap. And you know what the interesting thing is? Okay, Jesus at one point has been praying for his disciples. This is in John 17. And it says, and he praised the Lord. And the word there in the Greek is the synonym to the Hebrew word, Chagog. Jesus danced. So if anybody wants to know if dancing and leaping in church is appropriate, well, the Lord did, so I guess we can too. Amen? And there's times. There's times just the right thing to do, right? Okay, the right thing to do. I mean, so so you got, okay, so you got Stephen Curry, and it's coming down. And, and, and it's just about, and he's at the half court, and he does one of his half court deals, and he, it's Rip City, and the buzzer sounds as the ball goes through the basket, and the team wins, and everybody goes, oh, that is so good. <laughs> Not on your life. It's out of the chair. Yeah! Come on, right? 
Can I tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead the third day. And because he rose from the dead, we walk in newness of life. And we win every time over our enemy. Every time. Come on. How can you sit there? Doesn't it make you want to jump? Amen. Go to the next one. (laughs) Tehillah. Sing a new song. Sing a new song. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and said, praising him in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. A song that just comes out of your spirit. Lord, I love you. I bless your holy name. Lord Jesus, you are king of kings. Hallelujah, I praise you, Lord. Just out of your spirit, you sing to him. Or maybe you sing in your spiritual language. Paul said, I sing in the spirit. I sing with my understanding. So I sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord. But there's times I just sing in my spiritual language and I praise him in my spiritual language. Tehillah, Tehillah. Amen. Here's the next one. I love this one. Zamar. Zamar. To play on the instrument. To play on the instrument. And while the worship team is coming, I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing an old, old song you may or may not remember. It goes like this. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise Him, praise Him, shout unto God with a voice of praise. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, shout unto God. With the voice of triumph, praise him, praise him, shout unto God with the voice of praise. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Praise him, praise him, shout unto God with the voice of praise. Resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. Visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541 567 4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.